ahead and take your Bibles tonight and go to Matthew chapter 1. My girls were all excited today because I had said that I was going to preach a shorter message. And then they started having a conversation about how long I preach. And um, they weren't saying it like that was a good thing, too. So I didn't really know how to take that. thought about teaching a lesson. I'll preach extra long tonight. But no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try to preach short tonight. I know it's Christmas Eve, and uh, I definitely enjoy all the holiday traditions. And I hope you have some of those that you do with your family. It's good to have that. It's good to make good memories. And I I, uh, know I definitely have a lot of good memories from uh, all my years of Christmases. It was always a big deal for us. But it is important that we take time to remember what it's all about and that we remember the Savior and, of course, the significance of it. And I want us to go ahead right now. I want us to read uh, Psalm, or Matthew chapter 1, in verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And the title of my message tonight is God with us. And one thing that I don't think any preacher is capable of doing, I know I'm definitely not capable of it, is just putting into words just what that meant, the fact that God was with man at that time. Now understand that God is always with us. Okay, We understand that God is omnip- or he's omniscient. We understand that He's everywhere. We understand that Jesus Christ is in us, that we have the Holy Spirit. But there is something to be said about God physically coming to this earth and living as a man the way He did and dwelling among us like He did. There is something to be said about that. That is a really big deal. And why was that such a big deal? Because notice it was prophesied way back in Isaiah. That a virgin was going to conceive and bear a son. And they were going to call his name Emmanuel. They would have known what that meant too. God with us. That's, something, that's, a, that's a name, that's a word they would have understood. God with us. And folks, there is no way to describe just how big of a deal Christmas really is. Not just for Christians. Not just for Jews. But for mankind. It was a big deal. Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, His first coming... This is something that should be celebrated by the whole world. And I understand that the whole, most of the world does in many ways celebrate Christmas. And unfortunately, you know, they've let Santa Claus kind of steal the show and every other little, uh, you know, thing, uh, holiday that's associated with this time of year. But folks, this is something, this is a major world event. This was a major historical event. I've seen the hype. I remember the hype when the Pope came to America. Well, the big deal that everybody made because the Pope came. I remember when I was in it, when I was in Israel back in 2000, the Pope, John Paul II at that time, he was about to come to Israel. And it was the first time a Pope had been to Israel. And I can't remember how many years. And let me tell you, there was quite a stir out there because the Pope was coming. 
Many of the places where he was going to visit, they were renovating everything. They're fixing everything up. I mean, they're, I mean, they're getting everything all ready for the Pope. And it was just sad because, you know, we're there and we just, you know, thinking, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, and because he is nothing, but they did, they made a huge deal about the Pope. But when God came to this earth, you know, there was no big deal being made. In fact, when we were in Bethlehem, in the church of the nativity, and that they've built a church uh, over the place where they believe that Jesus was born, there especially, I mean, they had they they were decking that place all out. They were doing a ton of renovating there at that church that's there just because the Pope was coming. But interestingly enough, when God came to earth in that same place, nobody paid attention. It just kind of shows, you know, just how messed up we kind of are sometimes. But it was a big deal when Jesus was born, one, because of just who He is. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And then verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Folks, Christmas is a big deal because of who Jesus was. He was God. He was the creator of the earth. The one who spoke everything into existence was here on earth. And it was specifically the one who spoke everything into existence because the Bible is very clear in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6 says, and again, when he bringeth his in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. Why? Because it's a big deal. Hey, the Lord has come to earth. You know what? The angels showed up. They were there that night. They're all singing praises. And you know what they were doing? They were worshiping him. The angels were worshiping this baby and God ordered it. God the Father ordered it. Because of who it was. And it says, And the angel of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of thy hands. So, folks, it was a big deal because of who he was when Jesus came. God said, let all the angels worship him. And it was a big deal, too, because remember, God created the earth by Christ Jesus. It was, I mean, it was literally him that spoke the world into existence. And here he is showing up on the earth in the flesh. And that was a big deal. And God had the angels worship this baby. So, we care. I mean, this is a big deal because of who he is. It says in Philippians 2 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus Christ, is that, He has a name that has been exalted above every name. And think about this. Remember back when Prince William and Prince K, or Princess Kate had their first baby? Remember how, I mean, just the world went nuts over that? Why? Because he's the prince of England. In England, or his dad is, meaning he could someday be the king of England. And you know, who cares? The royal family does nothing. They literally do nothing. They're basically the Kardashians of England is what they are. They're just not quite as scummy. As far as we can see, all right, maybe, maybe they just hide their scum better than the Kardashians do, but that's pretty much all they are. They're just, they're celebrities. They don't do anything. They don't rule anything yet. When they have a baby, the whole world, even stinking America goes nuts over it. Why do we care about the Royal family? I thought we got rid of the King back in 1776. And we're still going to celebrate that line and we're going to get all hyped up. When that, when that baby's born, one who does nothing, one who will do nothing. And yet, when the King of Kings and Lord of Lords comes to this earth, you know, people, oh, that's nothing to celebrate. You know, that's nothing to talk about. You better believe it's something to talk about. And you know what? Well, when that baby was born, you know, there was just, you know, thousands of adoring idiots all waiting. I remember just waiting for, you know, Kate to come out and just kind of show the crowd her baby. You know, that's all wrapped up. They can't even see it or anything. Everybody's going nuts, snapping pictures like crazy. You know what? When Jesus came to this earth, all the angels showed up to worship him. So this was a big deal when God came to this earth because of who he was. And you better believe it's something that we ought to celebrate and that we ought to look back on and be thankful for. And I know we don't know it's December 25th, but you know what? Go ahead. Just pick any day. And if you want to do it, then do it then. But it ought to be something that we look back on. It ought to be something that, that we celebrate because it was a very significant event. This beats any world event that we're celebrating today. It's better than President's Day. It's better than Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Columbus Day, all, all these goofy holidays that we celebrate. This beats them all. And you know what? As much as, you know, as much as uh, Christmas has been commercialized and all that, it is still the biggest holiday of the year. It's the one day that Walmart shuts down. Think about that. You know what it takes to get Walmart to shut down? And why did it? Because that's the one day they're probably not going to be able to force everyone to work. You know, they'll, they'll do it every other day of the year, but that's the one day. So this was a big deal just because of who he was, but also it was a big deal because of the fact that God is holy and man is sinful. Romans 5, 8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now, this is what I think we forget sometimes when we think back about the Christmas story and about how God came to earth. It's the fact that. He came for a sinful people. He came for a people who were deserving of the wrath of God. He did not come to a people that were looking for him like they should have been. He didn't come for a people who were worshiping him like they should have been. He came for a people 
who were sinners. He came for a people who were undeserving. He came for a people, I mean, uh, for a, a race of people that had fallen. That's who he came for. He came completely out of love and he came for our salvation. So when you think about the fact that God is holy and man is sinful, it's a really big deal. Now, we have a lot of Christians today, and I am 100% for helping the poor and the homeless, you know, helping in the soup kitchens and stuff. But you want to know who the most common volunteers are for that stuff? Guilty, rich, white people. All right, now, why do they do that? Okay, well, if you want to feel good about yourself, you know, it makes these rich people feel good if they're going and feeding smelly bumps. All right, and, and they do. They, you know, guilty, rich, white people, they love that stuff. And, and, the, and it makes them feel good because of the fact that they can go and get around these people that are so far beneath them. You know, and they do all these things to just lift up their fellow man. And boy, they walk away feeling good about themselves. You know, how many saw the, all, all those guilty, rich, white people that were giving the waitress the hundred dollars, you know, while they're kind of preaching a sermon to her and, you know, just, and, you know, making her cry, you know, these it was just like, you can just see it in their faces, man, we are good people. As we videotape ourselves being charitable. As we sound a trumpet. And I went and looked at this lady's Facebook. She's got all these things that she's trying to do and organize, getting people to do good things. And she, I mean, she is hamming this stuff up. And you know, that's great. Be charitable and all that. But isn't it funny how, you know, it, I think it's sickening to watch people just do things like that, you know, you know, let's pick the lady out that looks poor, that looks like the depressed single mom that needs our help. And, you know, let, you know, somebody that's, uh, you know, we're not going to judge you, you know, for your bad life choices, you know, and for your, uh, you know, lack of education that's put you in this position. You know, let us, we're going to give you a hundred dollars a piece because we're just such good people. And, and don't we act like that as humans sometimes? Folks, that's disgusting. And listen, if you want to tip your wages $100, I, I think that would be a very nice thing to do. But you know what? Don't give her a speech. You know, don't video her crying about it. And post, You know what? You know what you do? You fold it in some $1 bills. And then you leave it and you walk away. You know, don't, that, that's the way you ought to do it. And let God know that you did it. Okay? And... Otherwise, you're going to lose your reward. But I say all that, too, because people love to do these things to make them feel good about themselves. You know, why is these people that do videos of them, you know, giving out money? Why is it always like these homeless bums and things like that? You know, why don't they give it to me? You know, you know, shouldn't the guy that's actually working and providing for a large family, you know, get help versus the able-bodied guy who only has himself to take? You know, to take care of. Listen, any family in this church is more worthy of somebody just coming and just giving them money for nothing than some druggy bum. Okay? But why do they do that? Because they love reaching down, you know, and just going to the filth of society and doing some good thing. It makes them feel good about themselves. And... You know, it's pretty sad that we would have that attitude towards fellow men because we're all pretty scummy, aren't we? And the truth is, Jesus Christ coming to earth, that actually was somebody stepping down. That actually was somebody getting down 
in the mire with a bunch of filthy people. We're talking about a holy God coming down to this earth to dwell among sinful men. And you know, there's, there's no way we are not even capable of doing anything that's even near an equivalent of what Jesus Christ did. So his coming to this earth was a big deal because of who, because of who he was and because of the fact that he was holy and we are sinful. Ephesians 2, 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. We've got, so we've got nothing to brag about there. So also it was a big deal, too, because of his mission. All right, the purpose, okay? He didn't just come to earth to just come to this earth. He wasn't like us who we just happened to be born on this earth. No, he willingly chose to come to this earth because he had a mission. There was a reason for him being here. And, all right, and it wasn't that he was going to come and be a celebrity like a prince today when they're born. He had an actual mission. He was here for a reason. He was here to do something that no one else in the world could do. Remember in Revelation when they were saying who is worthy to open the book and no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth was able to open a book neither to look thereon. But there was a lamb that was worthy, wasn't there? And thank God for that. And we see his mission is another reason that Christmas is such a big deal and the first coming of Jesus was such a big deal. It says in John eighteen thirty seven, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am king. To this end was I born. We talked about this Sunday. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of truth heareth my voice. He came to give us the truth. He came, and you know what that truth was? That we're sinners and we need a Savior. He came to a people who thought that they could achieve their own righteousness. And He came and He set the example of what righteousness is. <laughs> proving to all, all everyone that, you know, there is none righteous, no, not one. Because in order for us to be saved, we've got to recognize that we are a sinner. And it helps if you actually have someone who is without sin to compare yourself to. Otherwise, we'd be like the Pharisees and we'd just be comparing ourselves to everyone else. And we would never realize that we're a sinner. And that's the problem with a lot of people in religion today. They're always so busy you know, comparing themselves to everyone else that they don't see themselves as sinners or in need of a Savior. They see themselves as somebody who could work their way to heaven. But the truth is, if they ever got to look at Christ, if they'd ever study the Bible, if they'd ever look into the law of God, they would realize, man, I need a Savior. And that was why Jesus came and He has given us that truth. There is no reason for us not to understand that we need a Savior. And there's no reason for us to not know how to be saved. God's given it to us clearly in His Word. And it says in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, folks, this is something that I'm just not capable of articulating. This is something I just can't do. I don't have the words, the knowledge, the eloquence to say what needs to be said here. But think about this. Jesus Christ came to this earth on a mission. He came to this earth with a purpose, and that was to bear witness of the truth, and it was to pay for the sins of mankind. And the Bible right here very clearly says that he went to the cross despising the shame. He endured the cross. It was a horrible thing for him to bear, but what got him through it? 
The Bible says it was the joy that was set before him. Now, what joy for a holy God is ahead of the cross? There's really only one thing, and that would be us. Now, if you're like some of these people that are out there today, you probably get that. Okay, but if you're somebody who's actually studied the Bible, if you're somebody who's actually, you know, studied God and realized how holy He is and how sinful we are, you can't comprehend how we could be the joy that was set before Him. What did He get out of that deal? You know, what did Jesus get out of coming to this earth? It's us. That's it. I don't really see where that's a, a big deal. I would think angels are more impressive than we are. The Bible says when Jesus came to this earth, he made himself a little lower than the angels. So he's already got angels worshiping him. Why does he need us? And the truth is, I don't get it. But here's the answer. Because he loved us. Now that's what we can't comprehend. We can't comprehend how God could love us. Why he would love us. But the Bible is very clear that he does love us. In fact, in 1 Timothy 1.15, the Apostle Paul said, This is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. That was his mission. So the reason the coming of Christ is such a big deal is because of what he came to do, and it was to save sinners. That's us. And he came to do that because he loved us. And folks, we'll never get, well, I don't know if we'll ever get that. I don't even know if in eternity we're going to be able to get that. But that is what God did because He is a loving God. He is a God of love. And think about this. There is no religion in this world that can even attempt to come up with a better love story than what we have here. A holy God coming and dying for sinful men. There's not a religion on earth that has a more loving message than ours does. And think, think about that. But yet... What is it that our world is supposedly all about today? Supposedly all about love, isn't it? And think about this. Our world that's all about love, that likes to get on to people like us, you know, you people aren't very loving. Okay, now why do they say that? Well, it's because we're against wickedness. We're against evil. We're against hurting other people. We're against sin. We're against the sin, too, because of the fact that it's going to send these people to hell. And so they like to act like Christianity is not loving because of a philosophy that's supposedly all about love that says, do whatever you want. Even if it'll destroy your life, even though it'll destroy you emotionally, physically, fill you with disease, whatever, put you in an early grave. They say, do whatever you want. And it's all about love. That's what they say. But the true story of the Bible is is that God does love man and he came to earth and instead of telling you, just go ahead and do all your sins, it's all good. No, he came to save us from our sins. And in fact, he even went and he died for our sins. It does not get any more loving than that. You can't make up a better love story than that. There is no greater sacrifice than what Jesus Christ gave. And it just, so it, this is a big deal because of his mission and in a world that loves to talk about love, it's amazing how they want to reject the Christmas story. The greatest love story that anyone has ever even attempted to write. There is not a more loving religion than Christianity. And people who promote sin 
are not loving people. Because whether you believe in hell or not, it's real. Whether you believe in it or not, that is where people are going if they do not believe on Jesus Christ. And if they give themselves over to these things and they reject the gospel, God's going to give them over to that reprobate mind. And we've got and, and that's why we've got to spread this message the way we are. And the simple fact is we are the most loving people on the face of this earth, people like us. We are not a hate church. We are a love church. And we do we preach real love. We don't we don't teach perverted love. We teach a real love. And Jesus Christ is the perfect picture of that. And his mission is what made his coming so great. But then lastly, what makes what made his coming so great is because of now what is to come. So think about the fact that we did nothing but sin. We're a fallen race of people. God loved us anyway. We have no idea why. God, the only reason that the Bible gives is that God is love. So He came to this earth. He lived a very humble life on this earth. Died a horrible death. All we had to do to be saved was believe on Him. We didn't have to do any works. We've not done anything for Him to earn this salvation. We just have accepted a free gift. That's it. But yet the Bible says in Revelation 21, verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them. And they shall be His people, and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. As He said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto Him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely." We see here the reason the coming of Christ was so great is because of now what is to come. And you know what is to come? Because Jesus Christ came to this earth and He paid for all of our sins, because He rose from the dead and He ascended back to the Father and we are now in a period of time where we're just supposed to be spreading the Gospel to everyone we can. Because of what Jesus Christ did, now, one of these days, He's going to come back. And one of these days... He's going to dwell with us again. But this time, it'll be forever. This time, it will be without any sickness, sorrow, crying, any more pain. That is what Jesus accomplished because of His death and His resurrection. Now, we can be resurrected. One of these days, we will rise again. We will have a brand new, transformed body. One that's like Christ. And one of these days... God Himself shall be with us. One of these days we will be able to say, Emmanuel, again, God with us. He is coming back and in the flesh, God will dwell with us again and we will dwell with Him. And it will now, this time it will be forever. This time it will be without any of the problems. This time it's going to be without the fear of the Romans coming and killing Him again. He will be ruling as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and we get to rule and reign with Him. 
We're, we're, go- we're going to inherit all things with them. The Bible says we're joint heirs. We are going to receive the inheritance that Jesus Christ earned himself. He's the one that did all these things, and he is going to share it with us. Because of what Jesus Christ did on this earth, one of these days, we're going to inherit the earth with him. We're going to inherit everything with him. We're going to sit with him. We're going to rule, and we're going to reign with Jesus Christ. Folks, that's a pretty big deal right there. Because of what he did before, because God came and dwelt on earth before, he is able to come and do it again, but this time it's going to be better. This time, and we're going to get to experience that. We're going to get to see that. It's too late. We weren't there. We can't go back and be with Jesus in the flesh from, at His first coming. We can't go back in time and do all that. But we, because we believe this, we will be able to do it in the future. And for all eternity, without any of the challenges that we face now, folks, that's exciting right there. That's something we ought to be thankful for. That's something that we ought to celebrate one of the reasons we celebrate that first coming, because God kept His promise of the first coming, we know He's going to keep His promise of the second coming. He came once and He's going to come again. And I don't think any of us on this earth will ever be able to understand or describe why God would love us the way He did. But the simple fact is that Jesus came into this world to live the life that He did, to die the death that He did, just so one day He could dwell with us in eternity. I don't get that, but you know, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. And one of these days, we will dwell with Him in all His glory. And, I, you know, it would have been great dwelling with Jesus as He was in that day. But, you know, it's going to be even better the way He's coming back in the glorified state. One of these days, we're going to see, we're going to see God the Father. Why are we even going to be capable of that without dying? You know why? Because we're going to have a new body. Something that Jesus made possible for us. So while I'll never be able to comprehend that, any of these things, I am thankful for it. I'm thankful that God came to earth the first time to live as a man just so one day He can come back to earth and live with us as God. That's what you need to remember. He came to earth as a man so He could one day come back and live with us as God in all His glory. And that's something to be excited about. That's something to look forward to. And every Christmas as we celebrate His first coming, it's a reminder that He's coming again. Thank God for it. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for this day and this time of year where we celebrate Your first coming. Lord, help us to ponder these things. Help us to think on them.